0: Welcome to the Oh Oh My Geekers Geekers Podcast, where we educate others while educating ourselves on an array of topics.
1: We also review movies, books, and TV shows.
0: We are going to start off by talking about the Inklings. The Inklings. Yeah, the Inklings. So, Zeke, it's such a strange name to me, Inklings. It kind of sounds like like you've got like something that you want to do like an ink what's that word when you when you have an urge to do something <laughs> anyway what are the inklings
1: uh the inklings were one of c.s a club that c.s lewis was a part of and tolkien and uh someone named barfield and hugo dyson and just basically all the nerds in oxford
0: Okay, so let's let's back up here. Uh, Hugo Dyson and Barfield? Barfield. Oh, sorry. Owen Barfield. <laughs> Owen Barf-field? Barfield? Barfield. Barfield. Okay, those are the only two other than uh, C.S. Lewis and Tolkien. There
1: was a Roger Lansing Green.
0: L- Roger Lansing Green. And that's it?
1: Uh, there were more... Uh, at one point, I believe that, uh, Christopher Tolkien was one of the Inklings.
0: And Christopher Tolkien-keen was the son of,
1: uh, J.R.R. Tolkien. He, uh, he was the one that up till, I think, 2019, uh, was the head of the Tolkien estate and managed all of his books, uh, Tolkien. Uh, J.R. Tolkien's books.
0: Wow, so he must have been very familiar with everything that his father did and for his father to be able to entrust his treasured uh, books and stories with. So let's talk a little bit about um, these men and the Inkling who were called... the. Well, was the group the Inklings or were they the Inklings?
1: The group was called the Inklings that they were in. Oh, okay. And they had made
0: it what did it mean
1: they were basically they would uh read and write
0: sorry to interrupt but why did they name it inklings
1: like ink
0: oh (laughs) sorry okay inklings so (laughs) give me like there's got to be another word in there like kind of like uh Like little, little writers. Small, Small? yeah. Okay. Wow, that's neat. I wonder, but they were huge writers, though.
1: Yes, they were huge writers. Um, Roger Lanson Green uh, did, I would say, rehashes, I would believe you would call them. He did rehashes of Robin Hood, uh, King Arthur, and the Iliad. Mm-hmm. to make them uh more uh make them a better intertwined story and to have it more easy for children those days to understand.
0: Oh, I like that. That's really neat. How was he able to do that?
1: He basically just read a lot mm-hmm. and uh he basically ro- he was able to he had a firm grasp on the language mm-hmm. because everyone in in this club may have had a something to do with language like Tolkien mm-hmm. and uh C S Lewis they they both had language linguistic uh gifts
0: oh wow so maybe most of them were just their gift they were born to write they were they were very gifted writers so um, what did they talk about um, and uh, how how did these how did, where was it located and it was what a, was it like
1: it was in a pub in oxford a so, pub <laughs> yeah a pub uh-huh. and they would just go to these uh to this pub i think it had something to do with eagle I, I wouldn't say Eagle's Head because I'm getting it mixed up with something else, but they would basically go to that pub and then they would, or I think C.S. Lewis's house set sometimes, and they would just sit around and talk and um make fun of bad poetry.
0: <laughs> so what's considered bad poetry to them?
1: It was a certain writer that oh. they... That they would just read, and they would try to read it without laughing, hmm. because it was so bad.
0: You know what's so funny about that? Sometimes uh, artists um, or creatives will look at other people's uh, artwork that they to critique it to to almost encourage themselves. <laughs> I know it sounds kind of cynical, but that's what artists kind of do. Actually artists are really their worst critic to tell you the truth Um, and they accept criticism but only from their very closest friends and even at that they they really it's really hard to take criticism. I, I guess anybody would agree with me on that one. So with these pubs what what were they set up like? I mean because in America when I think of a pub I think of you walk right in, there's this huge long bar and all the alcohol's in the back and then somebody comes up, the bartender comes up and says, what do you want? And you're not even really looking at your neighbor Um, or it's really rowdy and there's a ton of people in there. Like what's the difference between an American pub in our day and age in 2021 as opposed to a pub in... Was it London?
1: It was Oxford.
0: Oxford? Okay, I'm not good with...
1: Oxford in the 1930s, 40s, and 50s. Yeah, what did
0: that look like?
1: Well, nobody was social distancing. (laughs) Nobody had masks.
0: Okay. That's
1: the main difference. Uh Uh-huh. uh The second difference is basically they they went... They had tables that they would go to. Mm Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know. I, I'm I not picture, a really a bar person. <laughs> I kind
0: of picture, me neither, but I kind of picture if you want to have a club and you want to go to a pub, I guess, <laughs> um, that there would be comfortable chairs. You would be able to feel like it's home and it's a place where you can go to, you know, I guess in our day and age, we would call it network you know if you're gonna go to somewhere with other creatives like yourself you're gonna want to pick the coziest place on the block and you're gonna want to sit together and uh, I wouldn't even want to talk about my writings in public because what if someone was in earshot and they would be like wow that's a great idea anyway I know I'm getting off on a tangent well, that sounds neat. Um, so C.S. Lewis had friends and he had a lot of inspiration and ideas to bounce off of uh, from his friends. And I think that's great. So oftentimes we always attribute everything to the person who's done you know, the works. But there's always, always someone to uh, thank. There's always in a book when you open it up, uh, someone to thank. What do they call that at the beginning of a book?
1: It's called a dedication.
0: Yeah, usually a dedication or, or or something of some sort. Um. So um. Let's talk a little bit about some of his fiction books. So, what is one of your favorite fiction books of C. S. Lewis's?
1: His space
0: trilogy. Oh, so tell us why. What get just uh, run with it, Zeke.
1: Um, basically, uh, his space trilogy came out of one day he and Tolkien, um, were talking about how much they hated, uh, the modern depictions of. Uh, science fiction and most in particularly space travel and time travel they didn't like how movies and Mm -hmm. modern books uh really portrayed that so they had a coin toss and one of them would get to have to write a time travel story and the other one would uh write a space travel story and so tolkien got a time travel story and uh some of it is incorporated into lord of the rings but the main story is uh called the lost road Hmm. and it has to do with time travel from the night hundreds to middle earth um christopher tolkien had a history of middle earth book called the lost road it was one of that and then uh c.s. lewis had the coin toss and he had a space story to write and the first one in the first story was out of the silent planet which is basically a man, a...
0: Are you going to tell the whole story? No, I'm just
1: giving the gist. A college professor who is a philologist, which if you know what a philologist is, you would know that uh, Tolkien had the same profession. So it's basically just like Tolkien, Uh, but this philologist gets kidnapped and... Uh, he goes on an adventure in space. And it's mainly. It's a really good story. Another good story.
0: Can. Oh, I was going to ask you to tell me the moral of the story, but um, if that gives it away, I don't none know. None of
1: them really have a moral oh. to them. Yeah, you would uh... say that they would have a moral because they're not just a bunch of random stories, mm-hmm. but
0: an overall I don't
1: think you would say that there would be an overall because I
0: thought like within the hero the journey that every uh you know author kind of wants there to be um you know a story with either redemption or nobility or you know integrity or just humility something that that every human longs for.
1: Yes, of course, that's what it is. Like but, closure or... But or, mm-hmm. also the best authors make it to where you can see multiple uh, morals.
0: Without saying that there is. <laughs>
1: yeah, because if you just know what the moral of the story is, it's just mainly just propaganda.
0: Yeah, you know what's so funny? That's why I like the Penderwicks, the um, written by Janie Birdsall she just kind of moves you along through the lives of the Penderwicks to where you figure it out yourself. Like, what is the moral of this situation? Or what is, what is going to be the redeeming factor in this situation? And a lot of these writers um, love uh, C.S. Lewis and Tolkien, and um, they're very inspired by them. Uh, because of those very things
1: yes another another work of his would be the screw tape letters
0: Ooh. yeah what what do you like about the screw tape letters
1: it's just he mixes his uh theology work with Mm -hmm. a narrative and it's very interesting because it's from the side of evil Mm -hmm. you're seeing what Basically, the devil is thinking.
0: Mm -hmm. It's almost like uh, I read a book a long time ago called The Strategy of Satan. And it's almost like that. It's almost where we tend to forget when we're we're in war. um, We kind of tend to forget the strategy of our enemy. And uh, when it's happening to us, um, when we're being attacked, we don't realize we're being attacked until we're being attacked. So it's, it's really neat to listen. I, I like listening to it on audiobook. I really wanted to go see the play, uh, because plays are very impactful, but, um, yeah. And then yeah.
1: the third, uh, one of the best ones, which everyone will probably agree is the Chronicles of Narnia.
0: Mm-hmm. What's your favorite book from the chronicles of narnia
1: the silver chair why there are just so many things i just
0: well pick one
1: (laughs) well just the aesthetic of it Mm
0: -hmm.
1: just i don't know how to describe it it's just i don't know
0: one of my favorite books from the chronicles of narnia of course lion the witch in the wardrobe was the first one that I read, and I was just really, um, just fell in love with the character of Aslan. Um, and just, just even some of, uh, some of the quotes that you can pull out of there, and actually really feel like, wow, this is really a depiction of Jesus. But um, so I love the analogy uh, from the Chronicles of Narnia, but I really like the horse and his boy. There's something about that book, um, I think even in the beginning part of the story, and I won't give it away, but the beginning of it really, really makes you feel, it's intense. There's an intensity to it. And for an author to create intensity, even in your own heart, while you read something is really good. If an author can do that to where you're like rooting for the character, um, that's a good that's a good book. So if you haven't read the Chronicles of Narnia, please start off with what book, Zeke? Well, they go. I in would order. say
1: probably. Line the Witch, in the Wardrobe, but what C.S. Lewis wanted was for people to go and read Magician's Nephew first. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Because he wanted you to read them in chronological order.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think if you buy the book, they are in chronological, like the books all together.
1: complete volume. Yeah,
0: they're in chronological order. Um, But they're nice to have on the shelf. I can say they're timeless... Uh, stories. You could read them over and over and over again, and you'll always find something new. (laughs) So um, with that being said, why don't we go into talking about World War II? I know he was in World War I, but now he's in World War II. What was going on with World War II?
1: Hitler was trying to take over the world.
0: Okay, and how was uh, C.S. Lewis's part of the world affected by this?
1: Well... Uh, the Germans were bombing London, mm-hmm. so a lot of the children were sent off to the country, and he took in a few children, uh, to help them, uh, out because they couldn't stay in London because, uh, Hitler was trying to break England's spirit.
0: Mm-hmm. What was Hitler doing?
1: Hitler was a maniac. You can learn more about some of the maniac things he did in our Dietrich Bonhoeffer episode.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: But he was basically just one of the worst dictators in history.
0: What was he doing specifically to London to to break her?
1: He was bombing. He was bombing Mm. civilians. Ugh. That's mainly.
0: Terrible. That is terrible. So a lot of people had to flee London to, uh, was he just specifically, um, bombing one area because if people were fleeing to the country, was that a safe place? It was
1: a safe place though. A few like Southern, uh, countrysides, uh, if the Germans had a had bombs that weren't really used. They would just drop them in the middle of the country sometimes. Mm-hmm. Uh, but mainly they would just bomb, uh, big cities like London, mainly London.
0: Mm-hmm. So C.S. Lewis had already seen war. He'd already been through it, but he didn't, he didn't ever serve in the lore, or sorry, serve in the war. Um, another war but he his part was to take in children and the...
1: also to uh, preach the gospel mere Christianity was a wartime I believe it was a wartime uh, radio huh. program
0: Wow so what exactly you know what was that radio program during that time for
1: it was basically him just saying like God is not um, God is still here Mm
0: -hmm. Mm -hmm. in the midst of this darkness
1: in the midst of this darkness and Mm -hmm. And sometimes he would uh, answer questions like is it is it should you be a pacifist Mm -hmm. or uh, he would talk about love Mm -hmm. And just basically, uh, basically just being a mere Christian.
0: A mere, just a, just any old buddy, any old Christian, not anybody of big importance.
1: Just, just nothing really like, oh, I'm a Catholic Christian or I'm an Anglican Christian. Mm -hmm. Just a mere Christian. Just a mere Christian.
0: I like that. So he was, like, kind of onto something with the whole non-denominational thing.
1: Sort of, yes.
0: I like that. So um, when did he meet Joy Davidman?
1: Yeah, Joy Davidman was his wife, and it was some little time after the war. Uh, and he met. And she was American. Whoa. An American divorcee, because <sighs> she was um uh, her husband i believe was an alcoholic mm-hmm. an abusive alcoholic Eek. and so she and her two boys uh the greshams uh she was uh one of them was douglas gresham who you might uh recognize as uh c.s. lewis's uh the one he entrusted uh his works to but basically joy davidman it wasn't they didn't marry out of love it was just because joy davidman um because she was american she had to either get married or she would be deported back to america so
0: and she didn't want to go back
1: she didn't want to go back so he uh married her and then later they fell in love so
0: that's okay Sometimes you have to become someone's friend uh, before you fall in love. I think sometimes people have it backwards. Sometimes people are like, I'm so attracted to you. And then later on, like all that attraction fades when you get old and wrinkly or when you start having kids and the kids throw up or you have to change uh, dookie diapers or, you know, like there's just so much involved in life. That it's probably best if you're good friends, because <laughs> friends, you know, work together better than people who are just attracted to each other before, like the way they look. That's just my opinion. Yeah. I mean, if you look good and you're good friends, then all the better. <laughs> so that's good to know. And um, how did their life turn out?
1: Well, it was very was it rocky. It was very hard oh. uh, because she had health problems. Aww. And never... at one Good. point she was actually miraculously healed. What? Yeah, wow. I think she had something to do with her bones.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Or something like that. And then she was miraculously healed for a little while. Wow. To where they that they were able to go on vacation to Greece.
0: Oh, that's nice. Uh,
1: and then when they came back um... They lived a little longer, but then she got sick again, and then she died. What did so, she die of? I don't know. I think it has something to do with your insides.
0: Oh, okay, so probably something wrong with either her. Um, well, I can't say, but internal, internal illness. So that's sad. So did he take it hard? I mean, he took it hard. Mhm. Took it hard. What did he do afterwards?
1: Um, he was getting very old, mm-hmm. and he...
0: Yeah, like, right, how how old was he when his wife... Like, how old was he and his wife when this all happened?
1: They were very old. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, so, to me, I don't know what very old is, because I'm getting older, so...
1: Basically, it was the beginning of the 19th century... No, 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 the... The beginning of the 20th century mm-hmm. and kind of towards the 1960s. Oh, okay. So that's so he was basically...
0: closer to his 80s?
1: Closer to his 80s.
0: Okay. Wow. And what did he do um, after she passed?
1: Um, He wrote a little bit more. Letters mostly. Mm-hmm. And he was getting a bit sick
0: mm-hmm.
1: because, uh, they smoked too much.
0: Mm-hmm. That was definitely a thing.
1: That was definitely a thing. And, uh, a lot of people, mainly authors that you read from that time period, they would die of pneumonia and other lung-related problems, inflamed mm-hmm. lungs. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I would say that would be because they smoked a lot. Mm-hmm. Wow! And uh, he died uh, 1966, um, November, November. Mhm. I, I forgot what the date was. Mhm. It was in November, in 1960. No, not 1966. Mm-hmm. 1963. And uh, it was the same day that john Gerald kennedy died oh was assassinated
0: oh Oh, so it was so c.s lewis didn't get much coverage then
1: c.s lewis did not get much coverage the whole world was uh shocked at uh at the fact that the president had been assassinated Mm Mm-hmm. It was the biggest assassination attempt in the country since Abraham Lincoln.
0: Oh my. Wow. Oh, yeah. That's crazy. So he died on the same day.
1: He died on the same day.
0: JFK? Yeah. Wow. And then
1: like a day later, uh, the hit BBC uh, television show Doctor Who (laughs) uh, aired.
0: So it was almost like...
1: It was basically not the... Nothing really got much coverage at that Mm -hmm. point. Mm -hmm. Uh, the whole world was not, like, sitting down and watching a a new cool TV show at that point. Though it wasn't really that that good of an episode. And they weren't uh, really... uh, Sitting down and thinking about, uh, the, the man that gave them Narnia and all that. It was only... But
0: there's some very diehard, uh, uh, fans out there.
1: Yeah, there are diehard fans out there. A lot of
0: children from Britain, uh, in, uh, Britain alone, uh, really loved to call in and write him, and he was very loved he was a very He's very, very loved. loved author and yeah. and when... theologian and you know he did answer as many people as he could um and many kids and I think back then he actually wrote handwritten letters back to
1: yes, he did
0: yeah, imagine that imagine the dedication of someone. Here you are, you're a little kid, and you're like, my hero is C.S. Lewis. I read all the Chronicles of Narnia, and they were some of the best books of my whole childhood. And maybe you you heard him on the radio, and you're like, I want to ask him a question. You would have to write in that question. They didn't have, it wasn't instant. So they had to write in, right? Correct?
1: Yes, they had to write with actual physical ink
0: yeah how fun and then he would read it on air right
1: no no (laughs) he would just read it by himself
0: oh he didn't have question and answers that Mm. children would ask and then he would read it on air
1: no, he wasn't oh, okay. he wasn't Chuck Smith.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay, well he should have done that. But anyway, so he would um personally write these he would children. Personally back. write and wouldn't it be great if you got like I wonder if there's someone out there with a handwritten letter by C. S. Lewis. Wouldn't that be awesome?
1: Yeah, you can read a few of his letters. Um C. S. Lewis letters to children.
0: Oh, that's cool. Oh, I would like to read that. So where would I find that? The library. <laughs> they kind of never have anything like that there, though. Well,
1: that's where we had it. Oh, really? We... You read it? Yeah, read I read some? it. Huh. I read some. And oh, okay. he even um, talked about some of uh, Tolkien's work before it ever came out.
0: Mm-hmm. How many books in all? I, I want to say around 57 books, but it could be more. Did C.S. Lewis write?
1: I have no idea. It was a lot.
0: Yeah, I think if you Google it, you could find it. Um, but um, yeah, I think he, he wrote a lot. And if you're really, really a diehard fan of C.S. Lewis, you probably have at least five mm. of his books on your shelf. <laughs> no, okay. A diehard fan would probably be at 10, okay? 10. Um, a good fan would probably be at least the Chronicles of Narnia um, and have read them because some some people do have the Chronicles of Narnia sitting on their bookshelves, but they haven't read it yet. Um, the funny thing in, is, and the neat thing is, is that if you go to your local library, um, if they have a store there, a bookstore, you could easily find, uh, pick up a, a copy of any of the Chronicles of Nor- Narnia for very, um, fairly inexpensive, like a dollar, if even that. Um, maybe... You can
1: also find a bunch of other stuff from rare authors and you're like, wow, and, the, and sometimes I've picked up a few books and they were signed autographs.
0: Oh, I know. We've done that. By, by who?
1: Um, one of them was... That we
0: had, or are you just talking in general?
1: I'm just talking in general. Oh, yeah. That we've had.
0: Oh, yeah. We've had,
1: um, Laura Martin.
0: Yeah, that's neat. Edge
1: of Extinction, and then, I don't know, I got a Star Wars The Phantom Menace book who was, uh, signed by the author.
0: It's neat. One day we were listening to, um, uh, I think Read Out Loud Revival. It was Read
1: Out Loud Revival, and Laura Martin was... Uh, Talking about it. And she
0: was the author, uh, guest author on talking about her book, Edge of Extinction. And I was like, I want to go to the library and get that book.
1: And then I was like, (laughs) (laughs) I. but I I found Yeah, You should
0: feel proud of that because when we found it it was like a needle in a haystack. I was
1: like, I found the book and I'm like, oh, cool. And then we, we bought it. And then
0: he showed it to me and I was like, what?
1: And then like. When we got in the car and opened it up, it's like, whoa, this is a signed signed copy.
0: uh, By the author herself. And so we were excited and we went home and we read it as a family and we loved that book. The intensity, um, just it, it's like, I would say a cross between um,
1: Hunger Games and uh, Jurassic Park.
0: Definitely Jurassic Park vibe. Um, going on there. Uh, but I, I really pictured that book. It, it's so well written. The, the reason why I like how well written it is, is because it flows so easily. When, when you're reading it, you just really get into character. If, you're at, if you've are if you ever read a book out loud to your kids, um, or just, you know, it's funner reading out loud to kids.
1: <laughs> Though I will never love feathered dinosaurs.
0: Yeah, there's some evolution in it and we don't agree with evolution. But I mean the author is obviously not a Christian. So. No,
1: it, she was a Christian.
0: Oh, oh, okay. Well, you know,
1: not so- every Christian is a uh like a young age creationist.
0: Mhm. Yeah.
1: Or they are, but they just they just Believe in mainstream science because I, I, yeah. she's a teacher, so
0: yeah, yeah. A, a lot of teachers have been kind of you know indoctrinated because that's what they do, they go to school to become a teacher, um, and they teach and they have to teach what is uh, you know what they're told to teach. So that's that. If I've had some really rare teachers, a uh, science is a hard one to get past if you're teaching in the public schools, but. Um, I've had some rare teachers teach exciting things and has, they've been like really uh, engaged with the students and, um, you learn the curriculum, but for the most part, depending, uh, for the most part, you're just going to get a really long lecture (laughs) or monologue and that really steals the fun out of learning in my opinion. Some kids are really great at learning that way, but not a lot, the majority of kids Are very interactive and they want to uh, be interacted one-on-one typically but I know I'm going off on a tangent because this has nothing to do with CS Lewis we just started talking about authors which is fun I think I think people should talk about their favorite authors and uh, favorite podcasts one of our favorite podcasts is read out loud revival and as an adult I did not think that I was gonna like uh, listening to it or enjoy enjoy it but it really inspired me to want to write a novel and so I had a novel idea and <laughs> uh, I actually feel led by the Lord to write my novel. Um, I, it's kind of my baby and I neglect my baby unfortunately. I CPS would be knocking on my door if it was a real child because I see it as this huge mountain and and I I really really want to put into it the right things, and Zeke is very helpful. This is kind of, I mean, I guess you could call us thrashlings because... Mm.
1: Though my baby is fat.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Zeke's baby's fat. How many chapters do you have?
1: I don't know, but I'm on chapter 31 or 41, I would guess.
0: Okay, you're in your 40s, and I'm really only in elementary school right now. I think I'm on chapter 5 or 6. I tried the NaNoRama writing thing, and I was... It doesn't work. It doesn't. I was doing really, really good, um, and I was filling in, you know, and I don't even know how to describe it. I was filling the pages, <laughs> and it really got me back on track. But um, the Rammel writing... Um, uh, uh, what is it? There? App well it was their website was so glitchy and so I would go and I would put in my numbers and it wouldn't uh turn over the next day or it would just it was almost like it was purposely sabotaging me and I really felt like I was on a roll and that I was going to win this thing if I really stuck to it but I really feel that for me um I need to not rush it. I need to take my time. But then I kind of, the problem with me is is that I go from one extreme to the other. But Zeke asks me pretty much every week, sometimes every day, have you worked on your book? And I know if I die without working on my book or getting it finished, uh, Zeke would probably take it up for me. Right, Zeke? <laughs> I guess so. Because I, I like it. He likes the story plot but I need a ton of help figuring out pretty much the hero's journey and kind of like the climax of things and you know plot twists and I don't really know a whole lot of, about writing but I like to learn about it and I'm I know when I'm reading a good book for sure I know like when Narnia I, yes like Narnia the Chronicles of Narnia those are really good books and I like to get into we should actually do just uh, like 10 books that we really like that we like to read mine would be more children's novels because those are kind of the only ones that I've read Uh, besides I think I have read um, wow we really got off on a tangent here but it's kind of interesting who was it uh francine rivers
1: francine rivers yeah She she's a good author
0: she is a good author she i like how she ties everything in and i don't remember the book i read of hers um i i'd have to go look it. i think it's ah okay i read it a couple of years ago and it was an older book of hers that she wrote but it was really good and it actually happened to line up with everything that i was going through during that time in my life. So I was like, this is trippy, this is creepy, but it was a good story plot and storyline and she even toggled between uh, two different worlds, which I really liked. And she toggled between a city life woman and then a woman who was in the country and I'll have to get back to you guys on that book. But we are going to wrap up series with the life of C.S. Lewis and if you have never read a C.S. Lewis book in your life pick one up pick up a book uh, go unless on it's dimer <laughs> oh yeah why why because
1: dimer? that was the atheist book
0: <laughs> yeah yeah dimer was his atheist book don't start with that one it's really not
1: it's very depressing
0: <laughs> it's depressing and it's not a popular book anyway um if you want to start off uh if do
1: you're... narnia <laughs>
0: yeah if you are the theological type um start off with the chronicles of narnia if you've got that Um, mind where everything has to make sense start off with the Chronicles of Narnia because that's where C.S. Lewis would want you to start thank you for joining us here on the
1: Oh Oh My Geekers Geekers Podcast. podcast
0: don't forget to subscribe and leave a friendly comment